on this episode of AV Week, a new production hub lets you rent and schedule gear. Also, Sure buys STEM and what we're thankful for in the year of 2020. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 484, recorded Wednesday, November 25th, 2020. Growing STEM. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by QSC, who invites you to go native with the QSIS audio, video, and control ecosystem. And by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. By the time you watch this, uh, I guess we could say happy uh, post-Thanksgiving to those of you in the U.S. and those fine Canadians that celebrate two Thanksgivings, because you guys are bastards. Uh, you get one in October, and then you get one in Thanksgiving. People like my buddy Matt Scott. Uh, it's what happens when you're Canadian, you marry American, and you get both. So uh, for the rest of you world, uh, happy Monday. Uh, so because y'all don't have Thanksgiving. Anyhow, uh, with me to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, Victoria Barella. Welcome, ma'am. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, also with us is Akin uh, Adewale. Uh, he is from Barracks out east. Welcome, sir. Hi, Tim. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, actually, uh, we have two Chicagoans, uh, Peter Herr. Uh, who fed into my uh, coffee addiction not too long ago. He is from Sure. Welcome, sir. Good to be here. Thanks, Tim. It just so Peter and I can have the, this cup is full with something called unicorn blood. Oh, not you're really. back on the unicorn blood. Oh, actually. Okay. So, okay. so uh, the company is is called, um, uh, oh, just went on my head. Um, Dark Matter. Dark Matter. Dark Matter Coffee in Chicago. Yeah. Local roastery. Um, they have a monthly, which this month's monthly is a warm November rain for those of you Guns N' Roses fans. Still, it's a good, it's a good brew, uh, but they always have unicorn blood, and it's it is my new favorite cup of coffee. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and they ship just for the record. So there's that. Uh, and I still like my Rook uh, from from New Jersey way. So don't freak out about that. All right, uh, let's chat for a second here. Actually, Peter, we're gonna we're gonna pick on you first because uh, okay. y'all had um, some some fantastic news this week. If you hadn't heard, sure has acquired STEM Audio to expand its portfolio of conferencing audio solutions. Article we're using is from our friends over at AB Network, and we'll talk about them here at the end of the show. Uh, from the article, uh, with the acquisition of STEM Audio, quote unquote, sure says it will be able to further expand and diversify its solution offering for organizations of all sizes, while STEM Audio will benefit from the robust global infrastructure and support capabilities that sure provides. Uh, if you are not familiar with STEM, here is the a, the 50,000 really quick elevator pitch. They make really interesting uh, killer conference systems, okay? Now, I am simplifying it to the nth degree, and if you want to find out more about them, you can certainly go to their website, uh, and I am, I'm assuming eventually go to, obviously, Sure's website. Peter, let's let's start with you. In the era of COVID um, and, and the fact that, that some folks are kind of pulling back, other folks are, are revamping their, their conferencing systems, you guys have had major, major headway over the last three or four years uh, with a number of, of microphones, not the least of which is, uh, is, the, is the 910s. Mm -hmm. um, what does this, this acquisition you know, say not only to the market, but also to the dealers 
that are looking at, you know, getting more and more into conferencing. What does this say to them about Osher's position, but also the kind of your guys' future in that in that space? Well, I think I think there's a few things. Um, I would say probably one thing that the acquisition allows us to kind of do is is expand our reach um, towards kind of maybe the more do-it-yourselfer almost uh, on that front. Um, the STEM kind of value prop in a summation, in my opinion, is kind of like it's really, you know, easy to deploy audio uh, that really sounds good and does the job. Uh, we've prided ourselves on doing that for the, you know, larger spaces, more advanced spaces, working with our, you know, channel partners and integrators um, to, to get you there. But I think STEM provides that option for folks that maybe don't have um, those types of resources at their disposal and maybe either want to do it themselves or want to find a way to kind of, you know, do it just with a, you know, a little bit more of a simpler workflow. Um, so I, I really, I'm excited about this. I think there's a lot to be gained. Um, I mean, kind of like what you even quoted from the press release kind of says it all really. It really kind of allows us to expand our range and then also allows, you know, STEM to kind of grow itself from a standpoint of, you know, leveraging our, our distribution network that we've built up over 90 plus years, right? So there's there's something to be said for it. And we're we're excited to see where it takes. And I'm I'm thrilled from a marketer's perspective. I'm excited to learn from those guys and really collaborate uh, closely with them. It's gonna be great. Yeah, it, it is kind of like, you know, giving giving an, an upstart and giving a, a, a kind of a um um a, a young nimble team the the power of a you know of a global powerhouse, which you, know, you guys are absolutely so um Akeen, one of the things that, that we've talked about, especially on the commercial on the on the on the residential side, and that's that do it with me, right? That that Peter kind of talked about a little bit with the the DIY, you know, do it with me is oh hey, you know, we're an IT department, and we we're we're going to buy a, a you know uh, a bunch of these things, and and we're going to try to put them in ourselves. Oh hey, wait, we can't, mm-hmm. right? Right. So how does this how does this help folks like you guys? Uh, in Varex, you know, in that kind of market where the IT departments are, are realizing there are certain aspects of AV that they absolutely can do, right? And, and, and you can't say that, they, that they're, not, they're not capable because AV is inherently IT now and it lives on that network and that's certainly the part that, that, that they can do. Right. And then you get into the, the, the magic of it. Then you get into the art of, of AV. So how does that help engineers like you guys and, and Varex, you know, come along and say, you know, that's great that you did that. You know, now let us help you. And and this is our this is our new value proposition. Well, I, I just well, I thought it was interesting when I was reading about the acquisition. Um, I noticed that the the product offerings uh, are very similarly priced um, in terms of some of the microphones, the table mics, like the MXA line is very similar to what they're offering for their ceiling microphone. So I thought it was just like a like a takeover, <laughs> where it was like, like, let's get rid of the competition, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it just sort of made me think about like, what part of the business model that STEM is providing is, is valuable? And Peter, you can, you know, certainly, you know, echo the sentiment on this, but I'm imagining it's on the soft side, um, which is, mm-hmm. they have some really cool, um, uh, I guess like an auto tracker that they have, so they can, you can basically track the, loop, the room live and set up your, um, your mic pickups without having to do it with, you know, I, I know with like, sure, you have a, the designer software that you can use, but it's not automatic. You know, you have to go in and set it up. And then there was a, um, like an auto configurator for, for the DSP. So that's not necessarily good news for us as on a DSP side, but it's great for someone who's trying to save money and wants to walk into a room and it can read the room and automatically set up a DSP configuration for it. So it's, um, 
it's 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 actually it's, it's really cool. I mean, it seems like on the soft side, that's really where the advantage is going to be um, on, from Shore being able to offer these kind of I guess additional soft um, products. You know, um, more so from the side of just auto configuration, auto DSP configuration. The other thing was I guess with asset management too. You guys have with, with like STEM has a pretty cool like asset management piece to it. So like all the different endpoints can be monitored through the um, um, do I guess what's not sure is going to be sure is asset management tool. So um, things like that actually make it a little bit easier for us as integrators. Um, you know, when we can have the end user like monitor what's happening on their network with their service team, um, it just lets a lot of that low hanging fruit be managed well by the client as opposed to, and we'll kind of focus on the bigger issues that kind of come down the line. So it kind of helps to kind of build a little bit of a, uh, you know, partnership and an alliance with the customer where we can give them something that they can manage on their own to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Victoria, I want to bring you this because I, I can made, made a very good point there. And that is kind of that, that, that customer facing part, right. And, and that is the, mm -hmm. the monitoring part. Talk for a second about kind of that, that customer facing, you know, that, that experience, whether that is, cause it's something that, that folks don't typically ascribe to, to share, sure is that, you know, they've got an, an evolving um, software platform, right? Mm -hmm. and, and yes, they've got the, the the DSP, but also they've got a number of, of other software platforms. Actually, Peter, you guys were still hiring software engineers as of as of two weeks ago uh, to to go work over a couple of Niles, adding to that team. But but talk for a second about you know the the need for the UX, the the customer experience, to monitor and maintain uh, and manage all of these systems. It eventually, you know, obviously uh, over the network and the importance of that feedback and that, that two-way communication to make sure that your systems are up and running and, and are constantly online. Sure. So actually, I have a question to your question um, for Peter. Actually, does this make you a little nervous with all due respect, just because, you know, with during COVID, post-COVID, what's the need for these conference rooms? And especially with the real estate, you know, People are not having a lot of office space anymore. Are they having office space? Are there is there a need for conference rooms? I want to pick your brain a little bit, Peter, on that first off. Uh, yeah, I think um, that's a great question. I think we're definitely seeing kind of um, it, it, it's a mixed bag. I think it depends on um, where we have kind of seen a lot of growth uh, in our you know, in our COVID world, uh, I actually is in the need for like higher education. That's another field that we play in pretty strongly and have been doing a lot of deployments lately with a lot of our, a lot of our products. Um, but yeah, the corporate space, um, I mean, it continues to grow. I think it just kind of grows in a different way. Um, just allowing folks to be, um, you know, the, the need for being more flexible in terms of a solution for a particular um, office space. And Akeen, you can probably, you know, attest to this in terms of some of the work that you've been doing recently. It's just something that I think um, really plays into um, just, you know, just how we kind of are responding to the pandemic and generally um, with regards to technology. So, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, Tim, about the user interface, I'm just, you know, curious, especially with like the different environments um, where these solutions will be used, you know, does the user interface change? You know, we, we can discuss a whole thing about is that going to change moving forward? Are people going to be comfortable using user interfaces? Is, you know, is there going to be a push for more technologies getting into that? So, you know, um, just curious from, you know, from an integration 
uh, integrator point of view and even from like sure um, how they're handling these demands. Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the things that, that, you know, as technology and as software evolves, right, that's going to be incredibly important, which is why, you know, you've got folks like Barracks and you've got manufacturers who are both investing in, in software development um, here in, in my backyard, uh, Conference Technologies. Mm-hmm. They've got a head of, a, he's a young man. Now, they were still refer to him as the kid. He's in his 20s, in his 20s now, <laughs> but he started when he was 19, right? Um, and you know, he's a software engineer. That's what he does. Uh, and he, and he's, he's been able to develop certain things, um, and make, make, you know, different technologies work together. Now, some of the stuff that he did 10 years ago has become obsolete. And the reason it's become obsolete is because manufacturers have come on, come along and said, Oh, Hey, wait, we need to do this too. And so they've actually developed some things that may have made some of his, his applications obsolete because it's, they've taken the initiative and, and connected some of, the, some of the things in the back end or provided APIs, quite frankly, provided APIs to let those suckers, you know, uh, tie together. So absolutely. All right. Uh, next story actually comes to us from our friends over at AV Magazine. Uh, and if you missed it, you can check out uh, my buddy Chris Nando and I in fancy schmancy uh, coats. Um, from AV Magazine's uh, awards ceremony from last uh, last Friday. Uh, he and I, uh, we, well, it was kind of a, a Vegas lounge act, I guess is the best way to describe that. Um, but online event production marketplace goes live. This is Prozar. Uh, it's a marketplace actually uh, helping to provide uh, equipment and services and crews to folks who are putting on events. Uh, from the article, um, thanks to Prozar's easy to understand interface, quote unquote, which provides a clear view of offered articles and prices, users can save up to 30% on production costs. Uh, Ken, I wanna start with you on this. Um, Ken is in Jersey, uh, Peter and, and uh, Victoria are both in, in Chicago. I'm down in the St. Louis area. Go hail, you know, uh, IBEW number one. I think I'm contractually obligated to say that, at least in the St. Louis area. And you, if you want to hear my opinions about unions, you can get me offline. Um, but all of our areas uh, are pretty heavily union uh, run when it comes to production. Um, and yeah, I, I want to get your guys' two cents because here's a service that's offering, you know, production, both from a, a virtual production standpoint, as well as, as some of the live stuff. But are we getting to, to, is this, you know, when you look at, at services like this, what are some areas that you're seeing as, as possible um, uh, areas that they can, you know, not only move into, but also areas that they should probably consider uh, to grow into over the next year or two? At Prozar, that for Prozar? At Prozar? Yeah, Prozar, yeah. Um, you know, Prozar is interesting, their business model, because, you know, they're obviously like a one-stop, you know, they're aggregating a bunch of different like great online service platforms. Mm-hmm. I've been using a bunch of them for years, like Production Hub, Borrow Lenses, um, yep. ShareGrid, you know, um, Blinkbid, Shoot, Smart Shoot. Like, there's there's so many of them. So, um, it the 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 specific area that they're going into specifically with broadcast, I think, is an area that I haven't seen quite as much. So, I think that they're they have a little bit of a head start there. Um, you know, most of what I've seen has have been have been uh, smaller, like uh, streaming type services. Um, you know, um, like traditional production services, um, you know, event service, um, event production services. So, um, <clears throat> you know, um, my main concern with, with Prozar is that um, they'll be a jack of all trades and maybe become master of none. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how they'll kind of like roll out 
and, and manage all these different uh, verticals, you know, um, within the business. Um, but I'm rooting for them because I love these types of services. You know, you, you save a lot of money. Um, you, you're able to network in a way that you just typically wouldn't be able to do. You know, you meet everybody online. You can see what they're doing. Um, and then the bidding process, I think, is really, really cool, too. You know, it really it becomes really transparent um, in terms of opportunities. So the small people, the small guys can have a crack at it just as much as the big guys. And then they can bring in other resources and team up with people to be able to approach these, these bigger jobs that they may not have been able to do before. So, um, so, I, so I think they're, they're, they're on the right track. Um, and I'm curious to see how, you know, how, how it kind of turns out. Yeah, it's exactly right, and and I'm I'm with a gain on this. I we've used both borrow lenses and production hub, depending on where we've been in the last the last ten years, um, for 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 services and 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 help. I mean, it, it depends. It's it's sometimes it's more cost effective, right? To to a gain's point, to rent gear and have it drop ship to you, right? Or to connect with a local editor, or a local shooter. Um, we've done that a lot, especially around the Cedia, um, the Cedia time frame, the Cedia Expo. Uh, because that that's a that's a, a show that bounces around from city to city to, tradition, traditionally, um, whereas in in Infocom's case, it's Orlando or it's Vegas, right? You th- right. those and, and you can develop relationships there uh, over years. Mm-hmm. You, you know, for for Cedia and Cedia Expo in the last ten years, it's been in Indianapolis, Denver, San Diego, Dallas, right? You you yeah. you can't. There's not there's not time to develop that you know that relationship. When it's, you know, you know what, you're flying in on a, on a Monday, you're, you're going to connect with, with your shooter and, and get her set up on Tuesday. And by Thursday, you know, your, your relationship is done and the transaction is ended. Right. right. Uh, and you might be back the next year. Who knows? Right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Victoria, talk about this for a second from a, the, the standpoint of a, of a freelancer. Right. This is this is a service that is looking to connect. Right. Folks, either that have gear and, and talents or talents and, and or gear. You know, when it look, we were looking at at this uh, kind of gig economy, and I, I I don't love that that phrase, but it is what it is. In today's kind of you know um, culture, but also in in the pandemic that we're in, mm-hmm. what does it look like when you know we're trying to you know um, not only produce events both virtually and and in person, but from a freelancer's point of view, you know, do do services like this how how much do they help and how much do they hurt? Sure. Well, first off, I think it brings everyone on the same playing field. You know, it's not just word of mouth. Hey, these are the great guys. We're always going to stick with them. Um, second off, like Akeen said, it's, it's great that the networking part of it, you know, you smaller towns can have like easier access to these services too. Or, um, but as far as like a, a freelancer, um, you know, I'm interested to see different markets, like maybe the immersive technology realm, production mapping, anyone that you know, does like Unity, VR, AR, you know, are they able to contribute to this sort of service and, you know, what can come up of it? And I'm super excited to see, you know, if they're, if Prozar is open enough to have these people in there and, um, and these like artists and, and creators come up and bring their creative solutions to, you know, make this happen. So I'm really excited to see who can participate in and where things will be going. Talking my language, Victoria. That's immersive <laughs> all day, every day. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great space to be involved with. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. yeah absolutely. All right, Peter, I'm going to take a little slight left turn here because there's one aspect of this that is interesting to me. And that is 
um, in the, the, the live events um, uh, venue. Now, we, we did have a story, we're not going to get to it yet, about, about eSports. That's inherently a live events. Uh, it's, it's also streaming, but, but the, the, real, um, the real excitement is, is when you can sit, into a, sit in an auditorium and, and, and you watch the, uh, a live eSports part. There are a number of, of venues. Um, they start out in the smaller ones, but the, even the bigger venues are getting into this where they have their own gear right? They're getting their own stuff um, and outfitting their own, their own uh, systems. Um, here in St. Louis, there are probably off the top of my head, four or five decent venues. And I'm not going to besmirch any of the other ones by naming them, but they range in, in size from a thousand seats on up to 20,000 seats, right? Um, I guess technically we have the dome. They used to play football there. They don't anymore. I don't, I don't remember why. Uh, because I'm a Bears fan, that's why. Um, so, uh, but but you know, seriousness. The, these are these systems are these folks are, are outfitting their own venues, and so if a if a, a crew comes in or a tour comes in, they might you know they can leverage the in-house gear, or they can bring their own. Where does that put systems like like these guys? Where you know they could make their money on you know oh hey you have a one-off event or oh you know what. Um, you, you need to do a, a, a somewhat, you know, ad hoc event here. Does that put them kind of in, in direct competition with these venues that are, are outfitting their, their own systems? Or does that kind of give them, um, you, you know, using them as a, um, almost as an augmenting uh, to your system? Oh, hey, you know what? We need three extra channels or we need 10 extra channels of wireless for this one act that we simply don't have in-house. Let's use these guys. Yeah, I guess I view it as kind of like something that people can use it as an augmentation type of thing. I mean, you know, obviously you're right. I mean, a lot of these venues, I think, are kind of, you know, having their own gear, but knowing what they might not have everything that every particular act necessarily wants or needs or has to, you know, has to do to be able to, you know, com complete their gig or figure out like uh, what, what the right mix is. So I think having something to complement having the uh, ability to compliment. I, I, I looked at Prozar's website actually before this, I kind of was perusing around and just signed up for an account just to see how it worked. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. And I think, you know, especially in the day and age of COVID, you know, improvising and getting a little creative in terms of how you source your gear, how you kind of do, you know, whether it's a pop-up show or whatever that ends up needing to be to, to satisfy the need of, you know, everyone's so hungry for any kind of like live event at this point in time, right? It's like, do what you can, scramble the gear together to, to, to pull it off, whether it's virtual or, or otherwise, or in, you know, someone's backyard or an outdoor show. Um, I think it's just, you know, it's kind of the whole need to get creative aspect to, uh, to counter what we're all dealing with here. So I think it's complimentary. I yeah. think it's great. All right. Uh, we're going to finish up this uh, since we are recording this day before Thanksgiving and I'm not nothing if if not sentimental um i i did write a piece and and it's funny how this has happened is as our buddy uh, megan Della, every year she asks a handful of of av industry folks you know what you're thankful for right and it, and it's it's it, it's a nice piece and and um she so she asks me and so i'm i don't know i'm thinking you know so i write this like five six hundred word piece she's like no dude i'm gonna like two sentences what are you thankful for oh Oh, that's what you meant. Okay. Bite so, size. yeah, just, yeah, bite size. 
yeah, dummy, just give me, you know, two seconds. And so I, I took my original piece and I gave her, you know, a bite-sized version of that. But then I went ahead and since I'd ever written it and I really meant it, um, put it on our site. And, and here's the bottom line for me. Um, I am honest to God thankful for this year. And, 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 and in the piece, I say, you know, I'm, I am not thankful that hundreds of thousands of people have died here in the States and, and, and pushing on millions worldwide. Not thankful for that. What I'm thankful for is, is the hardness. What I'm thankful for it is the challenge. Um, you know, if you're watching the video of, of AV Week, and I mentioned this a couple of times, if you're watching the video and you watched it all year, there's less of me than there was a year ago. Um, and, and I mean, mean that in a couple of different ways, somewhat snarky because I've lost damn near 80 pounds in the last 12 months, right? Um, it, yeah, yeah, thank you. But the, the other side of that is, you know, um, I was eight, I had 80 pounds to lose. So, you know, that's, that's the pessimistic side of me. Um, but you know, it, it, this is, this has challenged me in, in a number of ways. It's challenged me in business, right? We don't do business the same way we did a year ago. You can't, right? There, there are, are challenges in, in, you know, the way that we, that we handle. I mean, aviation is an advertising based, you know, that's how we make money. That's how we're able to stay on the air. Thank goodness for companies like Shore, you know, but, but you, there are folks that, that, you know, that are having issues. So it's challenged me in ways that we, that we do business. It's challenged me personally. And so um, I am genuinely thankful for this year. Um, and so I'm going to just kind of go around the horn. Yes, this is 100% an American uh, uh, thing to do, but we're, it is what it is. And, and I am a big, dumb American, and I'll, I'll never forget that. So, Victoria, we'll start with you. Um, what, are you what are you thankful for, either in AV or this year or whatever? Okay. Uh, well, I do agree with your... Um with your article, what you said, you know, to think creatively, to slow, you know, there's no rules in 2020, <laughs> I believe. No. So you really have to push to think creatively how to make things work. Um, so you got to find that silver lining in 2020. And I agree. So I am thankful for being able to slow down and appreciate the little things and having to push forward creatively. I, I totally agree with you. That's, that's the silver lining in my year. All right. I like that. Akeem, same question. Um, the number one thing that I'm thankful for is undoubtedly my family. Um, I was able to spend time with them because of everything that happened, you know, in the last eight months, I've been able to spend time with them in a way that I've never been able to do in previous years, just having them right there all the time. Like I know my kids better. I know like my wife better. Like I, it's just um, I think how it like really should be like you, you really are really able to work on your relationships and not just personally, but then also professionally, you just, you have to stop and slow down and pause and think about what's most important. Um, that's, that's probably the number one thing. But the other thing that I'm really thankful for is I guess a lot, a lot of like the social truths that have kind of like risen to the surface. Yep that as a nation, we're all being forced to deal with and to resolve. It's created a lot of important conversations that I thought I would never have with certain people, you know? Um, and I, you know, I, it, it makes me very hopeful for the things that we can accomplish, you know, as a country. And then it's just created lots of opportunity, you know, like, like, you know, both, both of you guys are saying with regards to being creative and, like I'm all about immersive and, you know, like I'm teaching myself Unreal Engine and, you know, teaching myself Maya and all these different things that I think have a lot of application to not just being in a pandemic, 
but just in terms of enhancing and giving us some more interesting ways of engaging in, in data visualization and content, communicating with each other in more um, interesting ways. So um, I'm thankful for all of that. And, and um, yeah. And you, Tim. I'm thankful for you, Tim. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. You're, you're very kind. Um, Peter, uh, we'll, we'll end it with you on this. Yeah, I think uh, I echo what Akeem was saying about uh, the family as angle. Um, I think, you know, it depends on who I talk to in terms of some of my colleagues. Some are very uh, thankful for their time with all of their, uh, you know, their their family in a really, you know, close situation, maybe a lot closer than you are used to. But I think it's kind of, you know, we've grown um, closer and, you know, both, you know, physically, obviously, whether we like it or not, but also just just as a family and uh, just kind of be able to, you know, do things together that, you know, kind of, it, it does force you to slow down. It forces you to say like, you know what, let's, you know, okay, no one's going anywhere tonight. Let's just, you know, pop out a board game and, you know, and play with each other and just, and just hang out and just kind of build that connection. Um, so I, th that's been a, that's been a huge positive. Um, I, I take it as a big win. I think it's something that, you know, you lose sight of when in the day to day of just the chaos of, of, uh, how things were maybe pre-COVID, um, just a, just in a different way. And I, I'd say the other thing um, that's that's something that's that I'm thankful for is just the ability to be able to kind of um, reassess and and educate myself on some things that maybe I was trying to get a little bit more, you know, never had time to slow down and actually do um, improve myself as you know professionally in terms of trainings or whatever else you know happens uh, to come along. I'm just able to take more advantage of that. Um, and, and just really hopefully, uh, apply myself to that. Cause I think it's something that, you know, just always was in the background, but I, it kind of made this kind of forced me to reframe how I, uh, how I approach that and, and, um, you know, what motivates me. So that's, that's something I'm also been thankful for as well. All right. Very good. That'll be a good place to stop. Thank you all so much. Victoria Barella. Thank you so much. Uh, how do people get a hold of you? Um, you can find me on Twitter, um, at Barella Victoria underscore or find me on LinkedIn, just Victoria Barella. And um, soon, hopefully I'll be launching my website. So depending when this, you know, launches out, it'll be victoriabarella.com. Very cool. You should go there even if she's not ready. So you can bookmark <laughs> it. So. Uh, Akeen, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. And, and I, am, I am also thankful that the fact that I got to connect with you uh, through our good friend, Charmaine uh, Torella. Um, so how can people find you or Varex? Um for, for me, um, Akantile Adewale is pretty much my username for Instagram, Facebook, um, et cetera. Uh, websites are becomingdope.com and uh, also adewale.com. You can see a lot of my uh, just creative work that I've done on there as well. Um, and then barracks.com to see uh, what kind of cool stuff we're doing in the AV industry. Yeah, and just, I, I know I do this to, to uh, Akeen every time that he's on, uh, but when I discovered his YouTube channel, you should go subscribe there. Because as somebody who is who still edits because I I enjoy it not because it's part of my daily job because it's not because that's why Mitchell is fantastic at what he does, but as a former editor and, and um, becoming dope is is becoming a director of photography and an editor all in one. Yes, and that's what gives your vision and your lens such a unique perspective. I think, um, and uh, I, I think one of the coolest the, one of the coolest episodes that I watched is is when you took kind of you know the 3d technology and you re recreated a, a scene of a movie through s software 
right? That you were able to do. And I just, you're, you're teaching others how to do that as well. And I think that's fascinating. So yeah, you should go, go subscribe to, to Akeen's uh, YouTube channel, if nothing else, but plus check out what he's doing. So thank you, Tim. Uh, Peter, thank you, sir. And, and thank you for the coffee addiction or the continued <laughs> coffee addiction. Uh, anything, how to be to, anything to feed the beast, you know, yes, Come on. Sir. It's, it's all about the caffeine. Uh, it, you can uh, find me on Twitter at, uh, at P A H E R R. And then uh, sure.com is uh, sure.com as, as, as you know. So uh, thanks for having me, Tim. It's been great. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you guys. Uh, thanks uh, for us for Aviation. Go by our website, uh, aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. You'll find programs like this and a host of others, including our residential show called Resi Week that my buddy Matt Scott uh, gets to host every, uh, well, post every Wednesday. Uh, while you're there, also check out our underwriter section. These are the folks who help us bring you AV Week. And sure is one of those. And we thank them. Uh, for their continued support. So check all that out and more. Also check out avnetworknation.com. Uh, this is an event that we're putting on with Future. December 10th, get yourself 4.75 4 CTSRUs, and that's CTS, CTSD, and CTSIRUs. So that's important. Uh, but Megan, Dada, and I are going to sit down with a whole bunch of really, uh, really great folks. Uh, I'm doing a session on AV over IP, uh, the 31 flavors of AV over IP as well as audio network security. Uh, Megan is doing one on getting back to reality after COVID, how we do that as well as one on digital signage and a number of other uh, really great keynotes. Uh, that is December 10th. You can check that out at avnetworknation.com. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That is all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs> <laughs>